from Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. 11 through 14, it reads, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every, uh, from every lawless deed and purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good works. Starting tonight and continuing for the next several Sunday nights, we're going to be studying the book of Titus. If you want a, something to study or read in your weekly um, Bible reading, this would be a great uh, text for you to spend some time thinking about, kind of looking at, asking questions about. We're going to preach through the book. And so tonight we're going to introduce the book of Titus. Every congregation needs a healthy diet of sound doctrine, sound teaching. And when you read Titus, one of the most important words in the book is the book is the word sound. To be sound is to be healthy. It means to be whole. You know, when people write wills, they say, I, John Baker, being of sound mind and sound body, I do hereby bequeath my, my affairs to so-and-so. We need soundness in our teaching. We need soundness in our doctrine. And if you look at the book of Titus, there are three short chapters. It's not a long book. And as you think about what this book deals with, in large part, you see the word sound. For example, look at Titus chapter 1 and verse 9. An elder must be sound in his doctrine. He must be able to give instruction as one sound in doctrine. And again, when you look down in verse, uh, verse 13 of chapter 1, Titus chapter 1 verse 13, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in their faith. Titus is concerned with, this book is concerned with making sure Christians are healthy, that we are sound in how we, how we approach our lives and how we approach our, our relationship with the Lord. In chapter 2 verses 1 and 2, you see the word sound a couple more times, dealing with sound doctrine again and sound in faith once again. In chapter 2 verse 8, sound speech that cannot be condemned, young men are to show. In our speech and the way we talk to others, we're to be healthy, we're to be sound. But it's also important to think about the book of Titus. Not only is the word sound and the idea of soundness in our speech, in our doctrine, in our living important, but good works. Already tonight, a couple of our prayers have had to do with doing good works. And if we're the people of God and if we belong to Jesus Christ, good works ought to be the part, uh, ought to be the center of what we're all about. And when you read Titus, you'll see this idea of good works being brought out as well. Look at chapter 1, verse 8. An elder is to be hospitable. He is to be a lover of what is good. Someone's going to be appointed as an elder among God's people. He is to love what is good. Look down at chapter 1, verse 16. People that are false in their teaching, that are unsound and unhealthy in their teaching, they are unfit for any good work. On the other hand, older women are to teach younger women, Titus chapter 2, verse 3, to teach them what is good. And young men, again, chapter 2, verse 7, are to show themselves to be a model or a pattern of good works. 
And so this idea of good works is found frequently throughout the book. Sound speech, sound doctrine, but good works. Look at chapter 2 and verse 14. In chapter 2, verse 14, Jesus, Trent read it just a moment ago, gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness, to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. In chapter 3, verse 1, we are to be ready for every good work. In chapter 3 and verse 8, we are to to devote ourselves carefully to good works, Christians are. And in chapter 3, verse 14, once again, let our people learn to devote themselves to good works. And so if you wanted to talk about what Titus is all about, Paul writes this letter to a young man who is a protege of his, who is a younger preacher, and Titus is supposed to make sure that the churches he is working with are sound in their doctrine, sound in their faith and their speech, and that they are to be devoted to good works. And I don't know about you, but it seems to me that every congregation could use more of that. No matter where we are, no matter what our history is like, and no matter what the the present conditions are like in a local congregation, every church could benefit by focusing on and emphasizing sound doctrine, doctrine that upholds Jesus and his gospel and being devoted to good works. Or said another way, we could do better to live up to our faith. Because God desires for us to have a difference in us, to to be a people that are zealous for good works. God desires those things from us. As we introduce the book tonight, let's talk about who Titus was for just a moment. Paul is writing this book to Titus, and Titus is a young man that he's left with a mission. And who is Titus in the first place? In Titus chapter 1 verse 4, Paul says, you are my true child in a common faith. Titus evidently, we don't know how Paul and Titus met specifically, but evidently Paul had taught and baptized him. And so he calls him my true child in a common faith. Again, in Galatians chapter 2 verse 3, we learn that Titus was a Greek. He was not a Jew. And the Bible tells us there in Galatians 2 verse 3 that when Titus was uh, in in the city of Jerusalem, that Paul did not compel him to be circumcised because he wasn't going to submit to the uh, rules and the ideas and the regulations that people had invented and tried to add to the gospel as we learned about this past week. But Titus is a Greek. And not only that, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23, Paul calls Titus, my partner and your fellow worker for your benefit. Titus was somebody that worked closely with Paul. As a matter of fact, Paul had two young men that we know a lot about, Titus and Timothy. And when you read through your New Testament, you'll find three books that go together, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. And all three of these books are written by Paul as he's aging as a preacher, writing to younger preachers, Timothy and Titus, and encouraging them to continue in the work that he's left for them to do, working with congregations, working with God's people, and emphasizing things like sound doctrine and good works and healthy teaching, those kinds of things. As you look at the book of Titus, again, we said three chapters. Timothy and Titus were Paul's younger co-workers. And as you think about the book itself, it's written rather late in Paul's ministry, probably around AD 63. So close to the time when Paul would have uh, been close to, close to um, being executed for his faith, not many years after this book was written. Timothy was, was uh, working with the church in Ephesus. 
Timothy was working with the church in Ephesus. I'll show you that on a map in just a moment. And Timothy, if you read the books of 1st and 2nd Timothy, Timothy was a younger man who maybe needed more encouragement. There was a lot of good in Timothy. There were a lot of things that were really great about him. But Titus seems to be maybe more of a Peter kind of personality. Titus seems to be the kind of guy who doesn't have a problem telling people things that maybe make them upset. And so Titus is left working on the island of Crete. For those of you who are paying attention from Kids Sing, this would be an important fact to remember. Titus is working on the island of Crete. If you look at the ancient world, a map of the Mediterranean Sea, there's the, there's the Mediterranean, and right there in the Mediterranean, in the middle of it, I've got it circled on the map, is the island of Crete. Crete was a place where a lot of commerce came and went, a lot of ships stopping in Crete. And as you might imagine, in a place like that, a lot of ideas, a lot of traditions and customs from all over the world gathered around in, in Crete. And so Crete became a place of quite a bit of immorality. It was a very cosmopolitan place in that regard. And so as you look at Titus chapter 1, look in your Bible at verse 5, Titus chapter 1 verse 5. Paul writes to Titus and he says, Titus, I left you in Crete so that you might put what remains in order. Some translations say, set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every town or every city or every church as I directed you. And so there are a lot of congregations on the island of Crete and Titus is working with these congregations and his job is to make sure these churches have qualified leadership, to make sure these congregations that, that we've set in order the things that are lacking. It's about living up to your faith. It's about sound doctrine. It's about good works. It's about doing things that please God. The book of Titus, if you don't remember anything else about this book, remember this. When a church has healthy teaching, when God's people have healthy teaching, and that's what sound doctrine means, by the way. Sound means healthy, doctrine means teaching. And congregations of God's people, individual Christians, we all need healthy teaching. I've used the analogy in the past of trying to live your life by eating Cheetos. As good as Cheetos are, as good as they taste, you would not want to eat Cheetos every day, three meals a day, and nothing else. Why not? Because it's not healthy to do that. It's not sound to do that. And sometimes in teaching of God's Word, sometimes we leave out some nutrients and some things that people really need to feed their souls because we're so focused on a pet issue or we're so focused on not offending people or things like that that we don't feed people properly. And every congregation and every Christian needs healthy, sound teaching because when we have that, it always leads to good works, always. Healthy teaching leads to good works. Unhealthy teaching, by contrast, leads to unholy works. And when we get unbalanced in our teaching, when we start emphasizing things in a way that the Bible never did, or when we start saying things that the Bible never intended for us to say, it always leads to evil things. So sound doctrine leads to good works. And if you got your Bible, there's three chapters in Titus. Chapter one deals with good works in the church. Living up to your faith in the church. Titus chapter 1 deals with that. Titus chapter 2 deals with living up to your faith in the home. And what's interesting about Titus chapter 2 verses 1 through 10 especially is that it talks about giving instruction to older men, older women, younger women, younger men, even slaves in their households. 
give instruction to all these individuals in their homes because the way you live in your home makes a difference. It's about being a Christian, living as a Christian at home and living as a Christian among the people that you've been given to live with. And then Titus chapter three, living up to your faith in the world. So you want a quick outline of Titus chapters one, two, three, in the church, in the home, in the world. This little epistle has a great deal to teach us about what it means to be faithful to Jesus Christ in a lost and a dying world. Now, hypothetically tonight, as we kind of introduce the idea of the book of Titus, hypothetically, let's just put ourselves in Titus's sandals for a moment. And let's ask this question. If you're going to leave a man like Titus on an island like Crete, and basically he is responsible for some newly planted congregations, brand new. They haven't been meeting very long. What would a church plant need? What would congregations like this need in order to grow and to thrive? What kinds of things should be emphasized? And I'd like to bring to your attention three concepts briefly this evening as we think about what a new congregation would need. By the way, congregations long established need these same things. In the first place, newly planted congregations as you read the book of Titus must be aware of their environment. We must be aware of our environment. Long established congregations need to be aware of our environment as well. We need to understand the times so that we know how to respond to the people around us with the the saving message of Jesus Christ. What's going on in people's lives? What's going on in their assumptions? And I'm gonna put it on the screen, but you can look at it in your own Bible. Titus chapter one, verse 12. One of the Cretans, a prophet of their own says that Cretans are always liars evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. You know, sometimes cities or regions, they kind of develop a reputation. Sometimes they kind of celebrate that reputation. Las Vegas, Nevada comes to mind. They had commercials several years ago. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? And you just know, and they call it Sin City, right? Crete was a lot like that in people's minds. One of their own prophets said, this is what we're like. This is just who we are. We're liars and we're evil beasts and we're lazy gluttons. This is the community that the church is going to live in and exist in. And it's interesting to think about this. The community is ultimately kind of reflected in a local congregation because whatever issues there are in the community, whatever problems and challenges people struggle with in the community, when those people come to Christ, those challenges and problems don't necessarily go away instantly. And so the local congregation is gonna have to deal with some of these issues. And that's exactly what happens because as you read through the book of Titus, you'll find Titus chapter one, verse nine, elders. We need elders in the church because they are to contradict uh, or to stand up to people that contradict sound doctrine. And again, Titus chapter 1, verse 10, there are people in the churches that are deceivers. Well, how'd they get the idea that that was the right thing to do? It's just the culture they live in. Deceit is what they're all about. They're liars, it says in Titus chapter 1, verse 12. That doesn't mean there weren't some people that tried to live moral lives, but this is just the reputation of the community. Titus chapter 1, verse 15, there were people in the church that were unbelieving and trying to cause trouble. Titus chapter 1, verse 16, people that were disobedient and a lot of other adjectives that we'll study in time. Titus chapter 2, verse 8, people that are opponents, 
that oppose the gospel and oppose the things of God. And they, they gainsay, they speak against the things that Christians are doing. And in Titus chapter three, verse 10, there's a warning about divisive people. Reject them after the second and third admonition. We are to stay away and have nothing to do with divisive people. What do newly planted congregations need? What do older, more established congregations need? We need to be aware of our environment. The book of Titus indicates that. We need to look around and open our eyes and ask the question, what are people around us saying? What are their values? What is their worldview? What are the things that they find important? Because those questions and the answers to those questions, they're going to go a long way in helping us not only to teach sound doctrine, but also to help reach those around us. Every congregation needs to do this. And so Titus, be aware of your environment, Paul would say. Secondly, what does every congregation need? We've already alluded to it all this, this evening. Every congregation must be committed to the word of God, must be. Absolutely, wholeheartedly, unreservedly committed to teaching God's word. This is the word of the Lord. This is God's law. This is God's word. Sound, healthy doctrine, a balanced diet of God's word. Not just picking and choosing what we think is important, but giving people everything, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Matthew chapter four, verse four. Your words were found and I did eat them. Your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 15, verse 16. We are to be faithfully upholding the word of God. And as you read through the book of Titus, it begins in chapter one, verse one, by talking about people and their knowledge of the truth. And notice it's a truth that accords with godliness. You know what that means there in Titus one, verse one? That when people learn and understand and appreciate God's truth, it will always lead to godly living. Sound doctrine, healthy teaching always leads to good works, always. And so the church needs to tell the truth because the truth is what leads us to right living, good works, God honoring and God glorifying lives. Titus chapter one, verse nine, elders are to be men of sound doctrine, healthy teaching. You know, an elder might be a good guy and he might be able to, you know, to, to, to please people and, and all those things. But if he's not sound in his doctrine, if he's not healthy in his teaching, he's going to do a lot of damage in a local congregation. Titus, make sure that you appoint men who are sound in their faith. Titus chapter two, verse one, teach the older men. Teach them what accords with sound doctrine, healthy teaching. These older men, the congregation in general, they need to hear this. Titus chapter 2 verse 7. Younger men, both in their lives and in their speech, they are to be about sound, healthy doctrine. In the way that they live and the way that they speak. You know, it's interesting that younger men, especially sometimes, they tend to, they tend to become kind of loose cannons if you're not careful, if they're not careful. And yet the Bible tells all of us, and especially it singles out young men and says, make sure that your speech is sound, make sure that your lives are sound so that the doctrine of God is not blasphemed, is not spoken against. Titus chapter two, verse 15. Titus, these are instructions to Titus particularly. Look at Titus two, verse 15. He says, declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. 
Titus, you tell people the truth. You tell people the message of God. You share with them the gospel, the fullness of the gospel so that they can be pleasing to God and serve him. Titus chapter three, verse one, (coughs) remind the people Remind them of what they learned and what they already know. Remind them, he says, to be submissive to rulers and authorities and to be obedient. Remind them of these things. You know, preaching God's word is not just about telling people things they've never heard before. Preaching God's word is also about telling people things that they need to be reminded of. And just because we've heard a sermon on a given topic or just because we've heard a lesson about a a, a passage before doesn't mean that we don't need to hear that lesson again. We need to be reminded, all of us do, because we have really short attention spans and really short memories sometimes. And in the midst of living life, we need to be reminded of things, the word of God. Titus chapter three, verse eight, Paul says, Titus, I want you to insist upon these things. He's just gotten through with a magnificent exposition of what the gospel is all about, how God and his kindness, not through works that we have done, but rather through his own mercy and his own goodness has saved us. Insist on this, Titus, and insist that people hold this close to their hearts and live according to these ideas and these principles. Every congregation of God's people needs more of the Bible. Every congregation of God's people needs a healthy diet of God's word. Every congregation of God's people needs to uphold God's word for the community around so that people can see and very plainly understand what God desires for them to be all about. And then third, If you put yourself in Titus's sandals and you ask yourself, all right, newly planted congregations, what kinds of things should they emphasize? What kinds of things should they focus upon? I'm just gonna walk you through the book one more time, Titus one, two, and three, and I'd like for you to observe the essentials. Titus, don't overlook these things, don't neglect these things, don't leave these things out. There are some essentials that every church needs a lot of, seven of them specifically. Titus 1 verses 1 through 4, every congregation, every Christian needs to emphasize properly God and his gospel. He is a God who cannot lie and he has given us the truth that accords with godliness through the apostles, through the, uh, through the apostolic work of Paul and others like him. Titus 1 verses 1 through 4, we can't ever lose our focus on God and his gospel as the people of God here at Katy. Secondly, Titus 1 verses 5 through 9, every congregation should develop and encourage godly elders, godly leaders. Titus 1 verses 5 through 9 is one of the places in the New Testament where you read the qualifications of men who would serve as elders. We'll talk about that in a few weeks, Lord willing. But every congregation, Titus, this is what's lacking in the churches on Crete. They don't have elders. They need elders. So Titus, your job is to make sure that you're appointing elders in every city. I've left you instructions and I've left the church's instructions. This is what they're supposed to be about. Developing and encouraging godly leaders. Next, dealing with threats to the gospel. In every congregation's life, in every congregation's experience, there will be people among us who have some ideas and some notions and some doctrines that are not healthy, that are not sound, that are not holy. What do you do? Do you just, well, he's been teaching a Bible class for three years and well, I don't want to tell him to stop now. No, the Bible says the elders especially, but all all Christians generally, we have a responsibility 
healthy teaching, sound teaching. Stop their mouths. Don't allow them to continue to push their agenda and to talk about the things that they think are are worthwhile and, and, and worthy of talking about if they're not healthy and not sound and not in, co- in conformity with the gospel. Dealing with threats. That's an emphasis for a congregation. Number four, Titus chapter two, verses one through 10. A church is wise and a church is biblical when it gives healthy teaching to every group, sound doctrine to every group. As I look around tonight, there are a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life and a lot of different life stages that I'm looking at. And every group, every one of us needs to hear applications made to our lives individually based on where we are in life, based on the concerns and the challenges that we face in life. Every group needs healthy teaching. That's what Titus 2, 1 through 10 communicates to us. Give healthy teaching to every group, Titus. Don't neglect people in your teaching. Titus 2, 11 through 15. What should a congregation emphasize? The grace of God, which motivates us to greater godliness. Passage again that Trent read a few moments ago. The grace of God has appeared. It brings salvation. But not only does it bring salvation, it teaches us that we ought to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and live soberly, righteously, godly in this present age. Motivate people to live up to their faith greater godliness because sound doctrine, healthy teaching about the gospel and about Jesus and what he's done for us, that always leads to good works, always. Titus chapter three, verses one through seven. Churches should emphasize being gracious to others. And the reason, because God is gracious to us. We ought to be kind, we ought to be patient, we ought to be peacemakers, we ought to be gracious in our community because God has been so good to us. And again, I say, when you get to Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 7, you find one of the plainest and one of the best descriptions of what God has done in saving us anywhere in the New Testament. And then finally, Titus 3, verses 8 through 15, congregations and individual Christians need to be devoted to good works and not distracted by unprofitable things. It is so easy in living the Christian life to get distracted. It's so easy for the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things, it's so easy for those things to capture our hearts and to distract us from what's really most important. And the Bible's telling us in the book of Titus, church, we need to be devoted to good works and not distracted by things that are unprofitable, that are not healthy, that are not useful to God and to his cause. When you read the book of Titus, the book really is all about living up to your faith. It's about living what you believe. It's about believing the things that God has given us and then taking those things and putting them into practice in our lives. And I'm excited about the series. I'm excited about the idea of talking about very specifically these, these concepts and these thoughts that we read in the book of Titus because there's a great deal we can learn about as a congregation here at Katy. There's a great deal we need in order to grow and to continue to grow as the people of God, living up to your faith. By the way, next Sunday night, Lord willing, is our young men uh, leading service. And so in two weeks, we'll start with Titus chapter one, verses one through four, as we continue in our study on Sunday nights. But be reading this book. If you have questions, write your questions down. Let's talk about those. But let's think very seriously about what God would have us to be as a congregation here, devoted to sound doctrine, healthy teaching, 
and all about good works that glorify and honor our Father in heaven and bring more people to Him. If we can help you to obey the gospel tonight, heaven's invitation is yours. If we can help you by praying with you or praying for you, we'd love to be able to do that as well. Won't you make your need known as together we stand and as we sing.